and welcome to the Hope Hotline. This is where I answer all of your questions and you have to, well, I guess you're succumbed to all of my answers, but you wrote them in, so it's all on you. Like it or not. First question, how do we prove that our Holy Bible is the true word when so many other religions think their Bible is the truth? This is one excellent question. It's an excellent question for many reasons. One is um, because everybody should know why they believe what they believe. But second, we are losing our kids at a very fast rate because when we're raising them up, they're not really being taught why they believe what they believe. They're not really understanding the Bible and the true facts about it. Um, we're leaving out. Genesis is is huge. And Genesis is basically your apologetics of why you believe what you believe, believe and the truth behind what you believe. A lot of people don't even know about po- apologetics. Um, and that it's what, uh, y- you know, as far as what your faith is built on, um, lots of people don't even read Genesis. They don't think that it's, um, they, they, they like it because it explains um, how creation began. Um, but after that, that's really all that it means to them. It defies Darwinism, but people don't understand or can't explain why it does. Um, so apologetics is super important. Uh, we should know it ourselves as adults, but if you're a parent, a grandparent, you should be able to explain to your children we're losing kids in college at a very fast rate because of the lack of understanding that the Bible is the true word of God. And that has to stop. That has to end. Um, if you're a parent and you're sending your, your, you plan on sending your kid to college, I would strongly suggest that you uh, learn and explain and teach your children why the word of God is the true word of God. Well, my children, I homeschooled my children, and one of the things that I did with them, uh, I I always intended, we both, my husband and I both uh, intended that our kids would go to college. Um, They both tried it. They both hated it. And so we said, well, that ain't for you. So my husband's a college graduate. Um, I am not, even though you guys are asking me these questions, I only have a high school diploma, so that's on you. Crazy. I know, but whatever. Um, I'm smart though. Well, in my own mind, I'm smart. (laughs) So whatever. Um, but here's the thing. Like I taught my kids apologetics and the reason I did is because I wanted them to understand why the word of God was the truth. And that, so when they grew up, and they were able to um, figure out if they wanted to, st- you know, I didn't want them to believe that Christianity was the true word of God and that the Bible was fact because I said so. Um, I wanted them to believe it because they understood and they knew without beyond a shadow of a doubt there was no other religion, there was no other belief system, there was nothing that even compares uh, to the truth of what the Holy Bible um, has and exists. So I wanted them to understand, you may try other things, which I knew that they wouldn't, but in my thought process, you can try other things, but you're going to come back to the Holy Bible every single time because it's the only thing that is documented proof that it actually factually is real. Um, so that means that God, Holy Spirit, Jesus is real. And that they're the only ones that we serve. So many people say, well, um, I know Jesus is real because he's the, and, and their other religions are wrong because he's the only one that died and came back, resurrected and came back. No other, and that is true. But if you're going to win somebody to the Lord um, or prove to them that, you know, because so many, there's, uh, there's so many people that don't believe or there's so many people who don't want to um, get saved, so they try and uh, disc, um, discount or discredit um, the word and you just sit there and say well I believe because I believe and and a lot of some people will say well I believe and if I'm right I go to heaven if I'm wrong then I've lived a good holy lifestyle and my life has still been good that's great and all but that's not going to win somebody to the Lord you have to know why you believe what you believe 
and then you can share that with people with confidence but more importantly if you have a family you don't you know train up a child in the way that it should go and when it grows old it will not depart from it that's what it says and so for me part of that training is understanding what the true word of god says and why we believe in what we believe so let me just tell you apologetics uh, it's a greek word it stands for apologia and it means to give a defense so that's what we're going to do here i'm going to explain why the bible is the true word of god and i'm going to make my defense um position on this so in first peter three fifteen, it says but sanctify the lord god in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense apologetics apologia a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear how many of you guys can do that how many of you guys are ready to, to give a defense for what you believe other than i believe that's just not good enough for everyone some people you can get away with that others they are not going to take you at your word they are like a person that has to see it to believe it. They have to be shown it in the word to, uh, to be um, convinced. Not everybody just is a trustworthy person. I myself am not trustworthy. And most of the time, I'm not going to just believe it because you tell me. I already have my own beliefs. So in order to change my beliefs, you're pretty much going to have to show me why I'm wrong. Because otherwise, I always believe I'm right. And that's the truth. So, and everyone in this room that's with me right now would 100% agree with that. I drive them crazy. Because I believe I'm right all the time. And I am. I am. So, everybody has to know why they believe what they believe. And let me just tell you. When I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this. If you think about other religions, I want you to think about what they offer and how they compare okay so the bible let's look at the bible a hundred million bibles are printed every year there's no other book that is printed more and sold more so 100 million bibles are printed every year that is insane and then 20 million are sold just in the united states that's a lot so uh, that's a lot of Bibles being sold just in the United States of America. That's not the other countries, but we take up a lot of that 100 million. So the Bible had approximately, uh, yeah, it's about, well, it is. No, it's approximate. 40 authors, 40 authors wrote it. It was written over 1,500 years ago. It was written over, excuse me, that's not true. It was written over four, uh, 1,500 years. So from beginning to end, of its writings it was a 1500 year period of being written okay six there are six thousand prophecies in the bible and over three thousand of those prophecies have come into existence now if you look at uh the um jehovah witness they have to change their prophecies constantly because they don't come to pass but our bible over 3,000 of those prophecies have come to pass. And then there's a little, a little less than 3,000 that we're still waiting to come uh, to fruition. But um, we're, we're seeing, like in the last several years, we've seen some of those prophetic um, writings come to pass. So we're very blessed because a lot of people just want to just, there were so many people, the Jewish people were waiting so long to see the Messiah that the people who were there that walked the earth when when Jesus walked the earth, uh, they were very blessed. They were fortunate because they got to be a part and see history come in the making. We are the same. Uh, lots of people have waited to see the things that we're seeing come to pass. Now, uh, that doesn't mean that we're going to be here um, till the very end and that we're going to see everything. That means that I believe we're in the beginning of um, birthing pains. So what part of that and how long that takes, I don't know. But I will say to you, we're pretty, pretty blessed that we are getting to see things come to fruition that so many people have longed to. Um, and we are. We're present, just like the people in Jesus' day 
is it's kind of like how we are right now so it's it's really cool but a lot of people are freaked out and scared but really there's nothing to be afraid of and uh because god's got us and and we're on his side um but also because we're getting to do and be a part of something that most will never or have never so um Let's see. So the, another thing is, is um, in 1947, the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. The Dead Sea Scrolls were writings that um, we used, or excuse me, we didn't use them. The Holy Bible existed. People questioned whether it was factual, actual. In 1947, a little shepherd boy, believe it or not, some shep, well, they... In different places it says different things but um the jewish people say a shepherd boy but it was some sheep herders found uh, the dead sea scrolls it was not in just one cave that they found these they found them in 11 caves so all of these documents that consist of the um old testament um the bible itself these um scrolls were found now, there was 800 separate scrolls, and after they reviewed the scrolls, get this, after they reviewed the scrolls, they compared the King James Bible to those scrolls, and it was found with 99% accuracy. That's why it's, I mean, I use, I use the NIV, I do, but mostly I do a lot out of the New King James. That's a lot because it got rid of all the these and the thous and stuff like that that the King James has. But it really hasn't changed. It doesn't change what the King James says. As I've said in the past, you can go with the NIV when you start learning. But how, maybe have a King James or New King James sitting next to you. Like I always have two Bibles open and then my, my stuff that I study with as well. So if I want to see maybe how it's worded differently, Amplified is phenomenal. So maybe uh, you use an Amplified instead of an NIV. But NIV has uh, become very, uh, what is that? Woke. Yeah, yes. Very woke. I was, that's a nice word to say because I was going to say not so nice something. But they're very woke. Um, they've now made it gender neutral. Uh, they changed uh, different meanings and sentences. They take, they've actually taken different scriptures out or verses out, um, which changes the meaning. Um, so NIV is okay. It's not the best. The best is King James, New King James. Amplified's fantastic. But they took the King James and they, they compared the, the scrolls with the King James Bible and 99% accuracy of what was found. Now, I will say that you can say, well, that's okay because that's scrolls, but I'm going to tell you like so, some things that, that go outside of that in the secular world. So thousands of archaeological discoveries in the past century, they also support the Bible. So they've actually found architecture or archaeological facts to prove what was in the Bible actually existed. Um, that's another way you know. Uh, the Smithsonian Institute, okay, they support that the Bible is real. Believe it or not, let's look at that. The historical books of the Old Testament, and this is their quote, they made this statement. The historical books of the Old Testament are as accurate historical documents as any that we have, um, we have from antiquity and are in fact more accurate than many of the Egyptian, Mesopotamian, Mesopotamian, or Greek histories like it, uh, people will look at Socrates and Aristotle and they look at those things and they, they had like less than a hundred some of them of what they said and or is said that they said and they have disproven that some of the things that so many people stand on they've proven that those statements or those quotes or those theories and theologies they were not actual factual information or documents the Bible, although, has far more. I mean, look at that. I mean, it's like 6,000 prophecies. And three of 3,000 of them have already come to pass. No one compares. Even if you take someone um, outside of uh, the Bible. 
there's there's no real uh, truth in some cases so uh, so it says these biblical records can be and are used as other ancient documents and architecture archaeological work so even the Smithsonian uses the Bible to go and prove some of the things that have come to pass let's look at NASA NASA actually can confirm that Joshua 10 12 through 14 happened the lost day when the, uh, Joshua was fighting and he prayed uh, when they were um, waging war and he prayed that the sun wouldn't go down so that they could continue to fight and take over um, territory, it's proven that one day was lost. NASA. The New Testament has four Gospels. And each of those Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, were written by people who actually were present. They were eyewitnesses. Let's look at Matthew. Matthew was the tax collector. He's one of the 12 disciples. Uh, he was there, he was present, and he actually watched and um, saw things come to pass. We look at Mark. Mark was not an eyewitness. I mean, Mark was an eyewitness, but he was not a 12, uh, one of the 12 disciples. He's actually um, Barnabas's cousin. And Barnabas uh, was Paul. Bar Barnabas and Paul went out together. So he was uh, somebody that everybody knows. But Mark, what uh, is interesting about Mark, Mark um, in the Gospel of Mark talks about uh, when uh, Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane and a young man ran out of, of the garden and was only in his loincloth. Um, he ran because of fear of being arrested as well. Most consider that to be Mark. Um, they, they believe that that was Mark and he, that's why he was present. Um, then you got Luke. Luke was uh, a doctor. Um, Luke was con is believed to be with Paul on the road to Damascus. Mark, I mean, Luke is also considered one of the 70 disciples um, of Jesus, not the inner 12, but one of the 70. And his um, documentation of, in his book, is probably the most detailed or considered to be the most detailed of when Jesus walked this earth. And the reason they believe it is, is because he was a doctor, very detailed. So uh, he was there, he was present, and they believe that he uh, was an eyewitness. Then you have John, John the Beloved, um, also one of the 12 and present. So the four Gospels of Jesus are documented by eyewitnesses of the accounts that happened. True Blue. Josephus, who's got great commentary, um, if you ever like want to dig real deep, he's, uh, his documentation is phenomenal. So you can, you can get that commentary, you can get it online, you can look it up. If, if there's a verse or something that, or a chapter you want to dig deeper on, Matthew Henry is excellent for commentary. Josephus is phenomenal. He was a historian. And he actually confirms and records all of the things in the four Gospels, as well as New Testament. And, and then even in Old Testament, he, he documents things like that um, with the same facts. There are 4,000 to 10,000 different religions, but there are only six religions that most people follow. Christianity, Judaism, Muslim, Islam, Buddhism, and Hinduism. We're going to look at those six religions christianity has the bible is a proven recorded document okay um then you have judaism which is the torah which is the first five books of the bible um and they they don't really go past that to, very much um because they don't believe the messiah um they do, they do look at other books of the Bible. That's not what I'm saying. But the Torah is mostly what they memorize, they live by, it's the law. Um, and then once you get into the New Testament, it's, um, they don't really recognize it. They believe Jesus was a, a prophet, a great prophet, but they don't believe he's the Messiah. They're still waiting for the Messiah. Muslims, uh, they have the Quran. They believe in Muhammad. Um, they uh, mm, they worship Allah. Uh, there ain't very much about them that I can recall. Um, Islam is the same basic faith as the Muslim. Buddhism 
is the Tripitaka, Tripitaka, mm-hmm. right? We looked that word up on, I, I, it's a weird word. Um, they don't have a god. Hinduism is the Vida or Vida. I don't know how they do it. And they have many gods. And they actually have many books. Um, actually, Buddhism has many books. But the Tripitaka is the one that they use the most. Um, and as I said before, I mean, those six religions, none of them, like their books have not been confirmed. They have prophecies that continu- continually have to change. Um, actually, if you look at the Quran, it's some of it's been taken out of the Bible. A lot of like even the Jehovah Witness, um, Mormons, um, they all use a portion like even um, New Age. New Age, they take aspects of Christianity and or the Bible and they manipulate it um, to create their own faith. Scientology, actually, even though it's a, a very psycho, uh, psychology-driven um, faith, they've even kind of manipulated some of the teachings from the Bible. They've extracted them. You might not recognize them, but they are, they are there, actually. And it's so that uh, the, the real word of God draws you in, um, uh, just like Satan He's a facade, um, and what he does is he always takes oh, the Bible and he creates a counterfeit. And that's what these other gospels are, these other um, religions are. They're all counterfeit with a little bit, just like the devil does, takes a little bit of truth and he makes something out of that. And either you believe it or you don't. But most of the time, some people, I mean, some people fall for it, so... I won't say most of the time. Some people fall for those things. Um, I will tell you that um, by not teaching your children the true word of God, like I said, we are leaving them open to when they go to college, especially when they go to college, their first year of college is walking away. There is a 70 to 80% chance, because right now, it's 88% actually, uh, seven, 70 to 88% of all kids who call themselves Christians, their freshman year of college, they walk away. That's a staggering, that means 12%, anywhere between 12 to 30% stay saved. The rest of them walk away. And that is something we can control. That's something that we can change by just teaching our children that the, that the Bible because what they do when they go into the colleges, these professors, they totally make the word of, of God of none effect. So what they try and do is they try and teach these kids um, that Christianity is not a real religion. It's a false religion. It's a religion of rules. It's a, uh, uh, they try and make uh, these kids feel bad because they have conservative values, which, you know, right to life. Homosexuality is a sin. Um, just all the different things that we as believers stand on, and they try and make them be open-minded to things. And at some point, the peer pressure of that is they're taken over. Unless you're really, really strong, it's like COVID. Unless you're a really, really strong believer, you're going to fall for it because you um, want to get along you know, with everyone. So you go along to get along, and that's what happens in these schools because they don't want to be the one that that is not like everybody else, and um, so they give up their faith. Um, part of the reason is also we, these uh, these kids were never discipled. They go to churches that don't teach the true word of, word of God. They don't teach teach holiness. Um, They've never owned their walk. They believe what they believe because their parents tell them to believe it, not because it's what they own. It's not their their faith. I see a lot of kids walk away. Um, and I was one of them myself, to be honest with you. One of the reasons I walked away from God is because uh, I believed what I believe. I mean, I believed um, in Christianity because that's what my parents told me to do, not because that's what I chose to do. And so at 18 years old, you start, you know, you're an adult, you know everything, and your parents know nothing. And so I was more or less like, I think I'll give this Christianity thing a break. 
it's not that big of a deal. And I pretty much didn't look, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) I didn't look at my Christian walk. (coughs) One second. I didn't look at my Christian walk as my lifeline. I looked at my Christian walk as something that um, I'm okay with it. I'm okay without it. If you know the true word of God, then you realize you can't live without it. It is your lifeline. And um, if you walk away from it, the destruction that is in your path that you have no idea that is in front of you, um, you're not even ready or prepared for. So let's save our kids. Let's teach them. Starting now, there's some really great books for apologetics, starting from a very young age all the way up to teens. So um, I wouldn't just fall for anything. I'd, I'd check out the books. I like for me, I got a few. I read them through. Um, you, you're, you're smart. You can take it and make sure it correlates with the Word of God. And um, let's save our kids because uh, they are the future. But more importantly, like they are, they are your future. Like they're the only investment that you can take to heaven. It's really our job to make sure that we do everything possible to make sure that that happens. And one of them is teaching them why the Bible is the true word of God and that they never want to walk away from it and that Jesus is the Lord and Savior and everyone needs it and no one should walk this life without it. And um, that's it for that. So I hope that answers your question. Question number two, because that took me 30 minutes, actually longer than that, Um, but that's important. So question number two, can you be filled with the Holy Spirit and also unclean spirits? The answer to that is no, it's not possible. Romans 8, 9 through 11 says, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in the, but if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if, if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of, the, because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. <clears throat> if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through our spirit who dwells in you. So, Holy Spirit and demons cannot coexist. They don't. There is a difference. So, if you are saved... The Holy Spirit dwells in you. There is absolutely no way the Holy Spirit will dwell with, de- with demons. Okay, in Scripture it says demons have to flee at the name of Jesus. So if a name causes them to flee, then the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, there is absolutely, positively no way that if something, if, if something to the magnitude, like it's uh, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, the Trinity, there's no way with one of the parts of the Trinity dwelling in you that a demon will even want to be there if the name of Jesus causes them to flee. So there is a difference between possession and oppression. Okay. <clears throat> there are a lot of people who call themselves Christians that are demon-possessed. Okay. They believe they're a Christian, but their lifestyle and everything else will reflect that it is not. And you say, well, you're not to be a fruit inspector. And I would say that's not true. Jesus says, you will know them by their fruit. Okay. If you have demons in you, the fruit of that is that you're not saved. All of it's fixable. And you don't have to be demon possessed. But in order to make that happen is that you have to become a solid believer. Okay. You have to actually be saved. <clears throat> Ephesians 6.12 says, "Oh, uh, so uh, oppression and possession are different. Obviously, we know possession means a demon or demons are dwelling in you. Oppression is like the spirit of fear, um, the spirit of infirmity, things like that. <clears throat> that is oppression. That is not possession. And that an oppression does exist. I mean, we know people who have the spirit of depression and things like that. Ephesians six twelve says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So 
oppression would be um, anything that's like abnormal fear. Like you can be afraid. Like I'll say this, like um, uh, normal fear is like uh, you walk out your door and you see a snake. Eek, a snake, right? Okay, uh, that is different. Like nobody is like, I don't mean, I guess there's, what is it when you're afraid of reptiles? Arachnophobia? Are that spiders? I don't know. But if you're afraid of, if you are deathly afraid of like heights, um, if you fear and worry like there's no tomorrow, like if you're afraid when your child goes somewhere, um, uh, let's say, like you let your, your kid go and spend the night at a friend's house, and the whole entire time you're full of fear, like they have a pool. What happens? I mean, is the gate up to the pool? All this other stuff, right? That's abnormal fear. The, the, the word is clear. A hedge of protection surrounds us. So you have to stand and believe that your child, when you let them spend the night somewhere, no harm's going to come to them because you have prayed a hedge of protection over them. But if you can't sleep because your kid is spending the night at someone's house, you have abnormal fear. That is oppression. Um, it controls your thoughts and emotions. Again, you can't sleep, things like that. You have to take every thought captive. It's, it's very clear in the world, word. If you do not, you will let your imagination run amok. And before you know it, it's, got, it's like bigger than what you ever thought or imagined. Um, a lot of fear-based stuff is me, me, me. Like, it's your fear of what will happen if something happens and how it'll affect you. Fear usually, uh, selfishness is usually, um, uh, being someone who's super shy, as crazy as that is, people don't believe that shyness is, is uh, uh, self-motivated. It all is because if a, a person who is um, super shy if there's, they're, they're worried about what others will think about them, which ultimately goes back to yourself. You're worried of how you will look. Um, of if you say the wrong things, what th will that look like? How will people respond? Again, it's all me. It goes all back to me. And people think that being shy is not like that. But if you truly examined, if you're shy, if you truly examined and were honest with yourself why you're shy, uh, a lot of times... Uh, it's because of of how people will respond or look at you. Um, so, First Peter five eight says, "Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour." A lot of people who have uh, an oppression of some kind, they usually have an inability to rest. They have a lot of bad dreams. They have depression. Fear and anxiety. Um, they have um, they have a lot of like um, anxious moments. Um, fear does that. Um, I know, like uh, a lot of times, like in the world that we're living in right now, people are afraid of if there's going to be food for them. They have small children. Will they be able to provide for their families? A lot of people, based on fear, uh, they took a vaccination. And under normal circumstances, they would say, absolutely not. But because of fear and what would happen, I'll lose my job. So they, they did things that normally they wouldn't have. But it took them, to a, it took them over a period of time. And in a lot of cases, a lot of people just didn't automatically take that vaccination. Uh, it built up over time, like their job saying, um, if you're sick, you don't get paid. And then I know people who were told if you're sick and the team around you that you're on a team with, you get sick, then they've been around you. So now all of them and you are out for two weeks and all of them and you don't get paid for two weeks. So a lot of people were pushed into it. Uh, airlines, if you don't take the vaccination, you don't get to fly. Well, I have a job, like I have to travel. I, I gotta get on that plane. I'll lose my job. So what they did is they, like, people who just love to cruise, they have to go on a cruise. They, they, that's their life. Um, so what they did is fear of not 
what is that FOMO fear of missing out so FOMO right um, they don't want to miss out on their cruise so and, and and there was this big thing like they figured out how do we get the most that we can get vaccinated because initially people were not getting vaccinated so what they did is just they kept amping it up amping it up amping it up and so fear made people do something that they normally wouldn't have done uh and and now there are people who are vaccinated that they're fearful of what's going to happen to them those are all oppressed feelings okay if you're vaccinated we can pray for you and we can believe that that vaccination will just excrete out of your body it's listen it's really no different than somebody who is healed of cancer blinded their eyes that that were blind are open the deaf ear hearing i mean it's really no different than that it's no different than somebody who has heart issues and now the heart issues their heart is healed um that have back issues their back and their discs have inflated instead of being compressed the vaccines really is no different than that so let's just pray really quick my husband does this all, a lot on his podcast because there are a lot he's just said there's five billion people vaccinated people that's not good and we need as many people who will believe with us and stand with us. If you are vaccinated, stand with us and believe that uh, that your body is healed and that all of that poison is out of your body. So let's do this right now. In Jesus' name, we come to everyone that is willing to, uh, to, to come together. Two or more are gathered in your name, and this room is praying with me. If you are vaccinated, we stand with you and we believe in Jesus' mighty name that that vaccination and that poison that is in your body is removed and evaporated. In Jesus' mighty name, we speak to you, poison, you have to leave. We bind you and we loose you out of this body. In Jesus' name, and we thank you and we praise you for what was done on that cross. By your stripes, we are healed. And we thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So you stand with us. From this point on, you are vaccine-free, and nothing by any means will harm you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so what I would tell you, if you are a fair-based person, if you have an infirmity, if a uh, spirit of infirmity, if you have anything that you know is not of God, and you battle it on a daily basis, uh, fear is a big one. So let's, we're going to use that one. So if you battle fear, what I would tell you to do is get in the Word. First, get in the word and start seeking out those scriptures that talk about fear and how it isn't of God. And then you start quoting them. I say you put them on index cards and you put them all around your house. Let's look at this spirit of infirmity, sickness and disease. You go through and you write down every single scripture. And there are so many where it talks about by his stripes we are healed because it talks about it in 1 Peter 2.24. It talks about Isaiah 53. It says that uh, Isaiah talks about uh, present and future and uh, uh, second Peter talks um, talks about it um, in past tense but it is both of them reference it as it is a finished work so those are the ones that you quote over your body you speak them to your body um, then you uh, put scriptures up all around your house that talk about healing and things like that and then what I would also tell you to do there are great YouTubes uh, where you can make it play eight hours of scriptures over you. So while you sleep, you just put that, that on and you just have those scriptures be spoken over you while you sleep. So there's some really good ones on healing and things like that. Um, faith comes by healing, uh, hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you need your mind he healed, your body healed, get the word being spoken over you and then be in the word continuously. Plus, there's some great... Um, Bible teachers, uh, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown, great on healing. Jonathan Shuttlesworth, great on healing. Uh, Andrew Womack, phenomenal. All of them have free, um, my husband, great on healing. You can look up uh, YouTube's, we're banned off of YouTube, so you're going to have to go to blackrobetv.com, correct? Blackrobetv.com, yep. Blackrobetv.com, that's where you want to go and listen to my husband's uh, teachings really great teaching on healing uh andrew womack is awmi.org uh, i believe he has like like so much unbelievable amount of teachings so good with the two that you're going to want to start out with is um you're already what is it god bless 
You're already healed. Quit trying to get it. No. You're already well. Yeah, she's going to Google it for me. There's two. It's awmi.net. You're going to want to go to um, Believer's Authority. That one's really good. You're already, you're already healed. Quit trying to get it. And then you're already healed. Or you already got it. That's another one. Look up those. Um, better Way to Pray. He's just got, I mean, I've listened to hun hundreds of thousands of hours of his teachings. He plus has healing testimonies of like every sickness and disease. And these people didn't get healed by going to him. They got healed by reading the word, taking his teachings, applying it to, um, applying it to their lives and seeing the healing happen through their, um, through their faith. Um, Pastor Rodney, uh, unbelievable teachings on healing. Um, he also has a really good two hour. I love his voice. Like it's so soothing. So I just put on his healing uh, scriptures and just listen to them over and over and over again, over myself. Um, you can find that on uh, YouTube and, and Pastor Jonathan, he and uh, Pastor Dallas, they constantly have stuff. You can go on YouTube. You can look up all their stuff. All their stuff is free. Great teachings. You can just constantly feel your fill your um spirit the thing is is we fill our our spirits up with so much of the world either through um, being on the computer scrolling on our phones um watching tv listen uh if you want you know junk in junk out uh you want word in word out you want to see the results that you're looking for then get out of the world quit putting that junk in you and put more of the word in and less of the world and see the results you get. They're going to astound you and blow your mind. The other thing I would tell you is fast. Fasting is huge. Um, like it gets rid of your carnal nature. So it breaks down that fear and all the anxiety feelings of what if it doesn't happen. It makes you stick to what you know the word says and it gets rid of all that carnality. Also, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, the armor of God. Put that on. Look up those scriptures. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Put the armor of God on. Find out what that is. Find out what that means to you. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 is one I use all the time. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive of every thought to make obedient to Christ. You have to take every thought and make it obedient to the word jesus is the word that is what it says it says that jesus is the word throughout the scriptures and that's what you have to do you have to make every thought obedient to the word of god period god is more real than your situation god has already made a provision for whatever your need is through the stripes that jesus bore you just have to believe and you just have to have the faith to see the results that you expect. That's it. It's super simple, super easy. It just takes a little bit of work. I would say a lot of bit of work and a lot of overcoming on your part because most people don't want to pray and they don't want to read. That's just the facts. Well, if you want to see something happen, you're going to have to put a little effort in. So question number three, and I'm down to 15 minutes. So, I'm a talker. We are loyal fans and watch Tom every Sunday and Saturday night. I thank you for that very, very much. I appreciate that and I sincerely mean it. I only have one question and it's not a serious one. Okay. Does Tom realize how frequently he uses the 666 hand signals during his sermons? It's a lot and as much as I've grown to trust him, it honestly freaks me out a little. I've been awakened to the truth only since early 2020. I've gone down long days and weeks of rabbit holes. I feel like Tom is the only person in Florida that knows as much as I know. I've never been baptized and I'm, an, and I'm new to religion. You're 60 years old. I was never introduced to it. Tom is the one that hooked me in because I trust him. And he deserves to be trusted. He is a very trustworthy person. I added that in, not her, or him. What, do, uh, what days does Tom do baptizing? I feel ready and I wouldn't have it done by anyone else. And that is a very precious statement. So first of all, I want to thank you again for being a faithful watcher. Second of all, 
This is where it gets tough. Because as much as I appreciate your question, I'm going to be very frank and honest with you. And with that, it might not feel good. So the 666, I cannot tell you, like, he's been asked this question by several people. And it's like, uh, it's crazy to me. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. It's crazy. Like, who actually looks at hand motions, whatever, and, and correlates them with something? Like, you've gone down too many rabbit holes. Instead of going down and studying out the Word of God, I know you're a new believer, but there are people who are not new believers like you. And they spend so much time going down rabbit holes, QAnon nonsense. It's crap. You're wasting your time. Like, he means absolutely nothing when he makes this hand motion. How about okay? I mean, the hand motion stands for lots of things. It stands for okay. The Jewish faith, what? <laughs> the Jewish faith actually uses this uh, um this hand motion, it means the, the wheel of the law. Uh, he doesn't mean the wheel of the law, actually, when he's making this hand motion for the Jewish people. Uh, it means, some people believe it means white power. You don't mean white power either. Um, people play this game. They make you look down below their waist. It's a whole game, even. He's not playing the game. Uh, and he doesn't mean okay when he says it. Okay, it's just a hand motion. It's something he's done all his life. He doesn't even remember not doing it. Okay, it's got nothing to do with 666. I mean, I just, for me, I sit there and go, what in the world have we come to when we look at someone make a hand signal? I mean, if he's in a gang, whatever. I mean, no gang. I don't even know gang symbols. What? Like... I don't know what, I don't know. Just don't try. I'm not going to try. They're telling me not to try. <laughs> I will stop. Um, but seriously, like, it means nothing. Absolutely nothing. And you are right to trust him. Like, for me, you were, like, concerns you, but you're smart enough to know that you can trust him and that it probably means nothing. I mean, that, well, you didn't know that it means nothing, but you're smart enough to know you trust him and that, there's nobody else that you want to baptize you, which is is very sweet and and it's very endearing that you feel like that. But there's a lot of people that do what you do, and not necessarily with Tom, but they examine that stuff and they spend less time in the word and more like chasing down political stuff is their tunnels in Disney, under Disney. Um, like, what does this mean? Where, you know, when's Trump going to be back in office? Like, like all this stuff, like spend, people need to spend less time doing that because even if Trump was back in office, it doesn't solve our problems. No man can do that. The only person that we find our hope and trust in is the Lord Jesus Christ. And what happens is, is because we have the ability, like, for example, with if Trump was to come back into office, he's tangible. So we feel like, oh, there's hope there, you know, um, because we can feel him, we can see him, you know, uh, we can hear him. Um, but you can ab absolutely hear the voice of the Lord. And that's far superior than seeing a tangible man that is a, a very... Uh, he's full of faults. He's, he's, he's not, he's not, uh, and by no means somebody that we should put our hope and trust in. He's a human being that will fail us. And a lot, like he's the, like when it comes to Trump, God bless him. I was a, I was a fan. I'm losing my fanship for him, uh, more and more each day because he's the one that created the vaccination and he's the one that keeps promoting it and thinking it's a, a gift from heaven and like he saved millions of people. No. At the end of the day, he will be right now the cause of many people losing their loved ones. And uh, 
Does that make him the worst thing ever? No, it doesn't because in his heart and mind, I think he thought he did what was right. But, um, and it doesn't mean that everything he did, he's probably one of the best presidents, if not in my opinion, the best president we've ever had, even even though that happened. But he's still a faulted man and um, it's not good. So, uh, focus on the Bible. Focus on the Bible because seriously, uh, nothing else is going to heal the sick when the lost and disciple believers. All the rest of the junk that people are focusing on, you're not going to win the lost through political debates and a Republican being in, pro- in, in, in office. It's not going to happen. The only thing that really matters is what we do on this earth, not politically, but as a Christian. And stick to the word of God. Heal the sick, carry power, win the lost, disciple believers. Be a Paul. Be a Peter. Okay? They didn't care who was the, the, uh, who was, uh, the emperor and the Roman emperor. They didn't care who was Caesar. They didn't care any of that. They, they just did. They were about kingdom business, about doing what God had called them to do. That's what we need to do. Amen? All right. But I will tell you, it does satisfy the carnality of people to just sit there and dig deep into what's going on politically or in the world or what this means over here or what that means over here. It satisfies the carnal. You know, it's like listening to gossip and um, all that other stuff. But it doesn't win the lost. And right now, our job is to win the lost and disciple believers because truthfully, that's all that matters um, at the end of the day. So... What I'm going to do is we only have uh, about mm, six minutes left before we close out. And so what I want to do, as I always say, I'm going to do what I just gave you the advice to do. If you are not a believer uh, or you've walked away, today's your chance. Today's your day to come back to him or to be um, or to find him for the first time. I can promise you there is no other thing that you will do that will make your life better than it has ever been before it'll bring life it'll bring hope it'll bring joy happiness is a choice joy is what god promises for us in his word and so those things if you want them on a daily basis then he's the thing that can provide them for you and and there's no i i can promise you i've lived with him i've lived without him and i've lived and got my life right back and lived with him again And I will tell you, um, it says in the scriptures, taste and see that the Lord is good. And he tastes good. He is good. There is nothing like him. When I uh, walked away from God, fun was for a season. It it was, I had fun for a season, but it, it goes really fast and then you're miserable. And then you try and find other ways to satisfy being miserable. Um, because you know, really that, um, you run from what you know and if you've never been saved you may not know but instinctively we all have a god-shaped void that he can only fill so you 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 kind you pretty much know that the only way to be happy and to have what you've seen other people have is through him so i would say that um you can run all you want to you can buy all the cars all the boats Fill all your Sundays with the hobbies and the hopes and the fishing and and the RVing and the trips and whatever. You can do all of that. Your heart's content. You can drink and party. But at the end of the day, it all leads right back to the same place. And the same place is you're going to be miserable until you get your life right with him or you get saved. And uh, I know personally, I ran from it. And then when I got myself back to where I needed to be my whole um, outlook on everything completely changed Um, that doesn't mean that you don't you know walk through through times where like what's going on but that means it says that you there will be many tribulations trials and tribulations in this life it says but take heart I will deliver you from them all so even though you may face many trials and tribulations in this life, you have to know that the, you don't lose. 
you'll win every single time. So you just have to be strong. You have to withstand whatever it is you're walking through and know on the other side is victory. And you grow and you're, you're better for it. That doesn't apply to sickness and disease. That applies to just life circumstances that come your way. Sickness and disease is always, always, always God wants you well. God wants you healed. Always. I don't care what anybody tells you. If they tell you that, uh, that it's God's will, no matter if you're healed or not, that's not true. does not say that. People need to check out the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is very clear on that. So um, if you haven't, if you need to be saved or if you need to ready, rededicate your life, I ask you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And Lord, when I go to, um, to be with you, I'll have eternity in heaven forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The next thing I will tell you is uh, if you want to live a life of abundance, the thing is giving. I always like to talk about giving because I think that um, outside of being saved, giving is the next best thing that you can do to make your life prosper. It's in the word. It's very clear. He said he'll meet every need. Um, and then he goes above that and he meet, he'll give you what you want as well. Um, but in order to make that happen, you have to give. It says in the word you were to give uh, 10% to the storehouse. Um, and so if, if you get anything from this podcast or if you get something from watching Foundation Church or the Time Lively podcast, then you need to uh, give 10% to the storehouse. Unless you have a church, then you give us an offering if God asks you to do that if you feel like you have a prompting or an urging to give but you have a church you give 10 percent to your church and then you give an offering whenever you feel like god has called you to do that and we do we have a lot of people and we are very blessed people who feel like they are being fed by this church and um my podcast is new so we'll eliminate that from the equation but from uh my husband's podcast we have people who are very faithful to give and we thank you for that support because it keeps things going everything costs money um but i will tell you this when we first started the church um i had a friend her name was tracy and she's still a friend she's still a good friend it was crazy because we ended up uh we started out in a cafetorium in a in a elementary school the elementary school was not a conducive uh, situation for us so we went and found at the time which things were so expensive at the time we found a place that we could rent and and the play and actually the rent was actually one of the cheaper rents but it was like ten thousand dollars we were a 40 member church we believed that god told us to go rent this place out 40 member church where the heck are you going to come up with ten thousand it was ten thousand five hundred and twenty eight dollars or something or thirty two dollars and 28 cents or something it was ridiculous but it was the cheapest place for us to have at the time for what was out there well, we just, we just took a step of faith and we said, Lord, we know you're telling us to do it, so we're just going to do it and we're going to believe. It's not our job to figure it out. It's your job to figure it out. Well, every month, we rented this place out for a year. Every single month, we had the rent. Not the crazy thing. It wasn't we had the people of the church giving, but a friend of mine said that the Lord told her that whatever the difference was and the lease payment every month she was supposed to come up with that lease payment it would be like as if it was a bill to her she said the lord told her it's going to be just like your electric bill just like your your comcast bill this is going to be one of your bills every month that you'll pay and you'll be giving it it's nuts because every single month she would write me a check and it would basically be for the exact amount that we were short every single month. And you say, well, how can that be? Because with all things, with God, all things are possible. His ways are higher than our ways. You would say that's irresponsible for you guys to rent a building that you have 40 members that you can't pay the rent. And I would say, not with God. <laughs> if God tells you to do something, you don't question it, you do it. And then he works the rest out but the church uh had to be obedient okay 
you need to be obedient. You want to see those results? You want to see, you want to get those kinds of things happening in your life? Well, then you have to give. You have to do what doesn't make sense sometimes. And you have to step out and say, no matter what my finances look like, I'm giving. And I'm going to trust you. And I know that I know that I know. I say, I know I'm my knower that this is what God has called me to do. And his word is clear. He's called all of us to tithe 10% to pay your tithes your, and give an offering. Okay, so I suggest strongly you do that. You will get the same results we do, did. He is no respecter of persons. Amen. Take the chance, give, and watch and see. Because I promise you, three months, you'll be blown away. Just do it for three months. You'll be blown away what God does with your finances. It will not make sense to you. Amen? All right. I will see you on Friday at 3 o'clock. I look forward to it.